1: Hello everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Betting Chicago. My name is Joy Christopoulos. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. And look, BetOnline, it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. BetOnline, it's got you covered for new scores, and odds. And it's the best way to place your bets. And also, it's free to sign up. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website right now, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, only at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod It is another edition of our running series, a special edition today of Bracketology. Today's category, Disney characters, iconic, legacy, the legend. We're about to go through it because we have eight strong seeds lined up tournament style. And today we will crown a champion creator and resident guest is here. He's our Hoops Honcho and today's referee for the events. It's Mike Choi. Mike, tell us how we're going to play.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this upstart company called is it Ney? I don't know. It's a must be a French company, but I have, a, I have a, hunch it, and I get a hunch they have a bright future ahead of them.
1: Hey, let's bring in today's guests. Right? We have an excellent panel here today. This first one coming up now, super happy to have him on. His name is Nick Stanton. He's an Emmy-nominated showrunner for, think of Netflix's Prince of Peoria, Disney's Gamer's Guide to Pretty Much Everything. He's been a producer on Zeke and Luther, writer on shows like The Replacements, The Emperor's New School, Kick Batowski, Phineas and Ferb. It's Nick Stanton. Hello, Nick. Hey, good to be here. Excited.
2: This is a strong br- bracket. I'm excited to jump in.
1: <laughs> yeah, we got, some, we got some championship contenders on this list here. Coming up next, I was just recently a guest on His Fantastic fantastic movie time capsule podcast that you need to check out with apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcast at all he's also a commercial director and editor an old friend of ours welcome back luke cheney hello luke
3: hey hey i'm excited to be here i love this format that you guys have cooked up this is gonna be a lot of fun i hope by
1: the very end of it we're not fighting over disney characters <laughs> i hope all of our relationships can walk out of here completely intact but i think we're ready to roll today mike anything else you want to add before we dive into our seed reveal for this pod
0: Yeah, well, before I introduce the bracket, we definitely need to talk about how the qualifiers were even selected. We had to do something that was a little bit more judicious uh, so that as many Disney characters could be represented. So we created eight categories, each containing five characters to choose from. That means 40 Disney characters were in play for this bracket. So just, just making it in was like a battle for our top eight. We tried to be as fair as possible, but I'm sure our listeners are going to have a lot of bones to pick with us about the characters who made it. And we'll definitely talk about the characters who did in, in our wrap up. But now with that out of the way, I'm going to introduce our bracket. So our number one seed representing Disney animation characters is Genie from Aladdin. he will be facing our number eight seed, Remy from Ratatouille, who is representing Disney animal characters. Our number two seed, representing Disney princesses, is Moana. She'll score off against our number seven seed, Carl Fredrickson from Up, who is representing Pixar characters. Our number three seed, representing Disney inanimate characters, is Woody from the Toy Story franchise. He's pitted against our number six seed, Peter Pan, who is representing Disney early era characters. And our final matchup features our number four seed, representing Disney foundational characters. It's the one and only Mickey Mouse. And he'll be battling it out with a number five seed representing Disney villains. It's Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty.
1: Let the games begin. All right. Let the, <laughs> let the criticisms happen. Let's find out who's going to be crowned champion today of all time Disney characters. Only way to do it is to start with that one verse eight seed. The true Cinderella story here is in this case, Remy Ratatouille versus number one seed Genie. Nick, my friend, you've been in the Disney family, you said for over a decade, let's just kind of start off here with this sort of matchup. Maybe start off with just talking about Remy a little bit about how, how and why you think he made this list and does he stand any of a chance at all against Genie?
2: Remy, I look at him as like, like the Tim Duncan of this pool. Nobody's going to argue about his game. Solid fundamentals. Of course, Ratatouille is a solid movie. He's a solid character. He's very funny but does Tim Duncan d- deserve to be in the conversation of best of all, ti- of all time? No, you know, this is the greatest Disney character and I love Patton Oswald. I love the movie, you know, I mean, it's, it's amazing. They made a movie about food. Like that's just a tough thing to make a movie about. You know, one of the criteria that I use for this is can you say with a straight face that this character is the, the greatest Disney character of all time and say in the sentence, Remy is the greatest Disney character of all time. Just doesn't have a a good ring to it. I I crack a smile when I'm saying it. So,
1: I really (laughs) love the Tim Duncan comparison because there is like, they're two, like, they're a bit one dimensionality characters, right? Remy just wants to make beautiful food that's gonna make people happy for the rest of his life. And Tim Duncan just wants to win championships and shoot skyhooks. And this is basically like exactly right in line there. Luke, I want you to hop in on this one.
3: You know, Remy, he has defied death a few times in Ratatouille. So, you know, he's going to have to fight for sure with his life again in this one. Uh, one thing that I like about Remy is that his story is not about defeating some evil genius or saving the world. It's about, you know, pursuing your talent and going against, you know, your parents to, you know, better yourself and and discover your dreams or chase your dreams. So I love it for the story. And, um, you know, there's not much to him that I really love beyond that, but uh you know he's a good guy he's a good guy
1: it's an eight seed and we're happy to have him here right <laughs> he's got a good heart he's a try hard man he's showing up to the dance he's going to do the best he can but i got a feeling he's going to be packing his bags and going home pretty soon mike hop in real quick i mean this is a shocker that he even
0: made it into the bracket now mind you it's 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 four guys who did the ranking of disney characters right so that you know if, if the demographic in, in in this contingent would have been different i'm sure it would have ended up different but just to make it into this bracket, he beat out the likes of Simba, Nemo, and Winnie the Pooh. Let's remember, this is a rat. This is this main character is a rat, one of the most reviled things on this planet, right? And Pixar ended up making him a lovable lead character of of, of an amazing movie. So that that's that's amazing. Um, uh, my only my only final point is I think this was one of the biggest scams perpetrated in corporate history because I think basically this was just a way for Brad Bird, the director and the producers, to have a have a vacation to Paris because they went to Paris and researched and then they went up to Napa and then had multiple dinners dinners at Thomas Keller's More Kelly's food. French laundry. Sure. So, yeah. So, Nick, for your next project, you should tell Disney that, like, yeah, I need to do a, a a story that's set in, like, Polynesia and that way you can go to Bali Bali, and all these other islands to do your research. Uh, don't, don't set it in Encino.
1: Yeah. Am I incorrect, Nick? Like, did the movie Ratatouille, it kind of came, I mean, of course, when any movie comes out from Disney, it's going to be, you know, a big deal. But in your opinion, this, this movie kind of came out of nowhere and I think sort of surprised people with the not just the quality, but its staying power and just how good of the movie it was.
2: It did, you know, it was an, it was kind of an underdog movie, if you could call it a tentpole dizzy movie an underdog movie. And the character is definitely an under underdog character. And I, you know, look, everyone wants to root for the underdog, but um, you know, in this particular matchup, it's going to be tough. You know, Mike was talking about uh the pool that it came out of. Um, and it, Remy barely edged out Winnie the Pooh, which you know, in hindsight, maybe I think Winnie the Pooh would have had a puncher's chance against uh, a character like the genie because, you know, there's some nostalgia there. It's a classic character. Remy, you know, it's a funny character and it's kind of an underdog, but going up against the genie, that's one of the funniest characters of all time, you know, so it's going to be a, it was, it was a tough pool. I, I don't know. I think I, I had him coming out of this pool, but I, it, I, I, in hindsight, I maybe would have gone with Winnie the Pooh.
1: You know, Nick, uh, Nick, I'm sorry, Luke, final thoughts. And what's your vote here? Genie versus Remy round one here.
3: I mean, sorry, Remy, you didn't have a chance, but I appreciate the effort. It's going to be Genie all the way. Mike,
0: Genie versus Remy, what do you got? We're literally saving our bullets for Genie for the next matchup because there's kind of no reason to waste any time talking about Genie. So it's it's pretty it's pretty obvious that even... This is how lopsided this matchup is. We're not even talking about Genie, and we're already voting, and my vote goes for Genie.
1: Yeah, it's like they're putting this game on at 10 a.m. because the spread's like 34 and a half points, and they're just like, let's just get this sucker out of the way. Nick, uh, just real quick, uh, drop your vote here, Genie versus Remy. Yeah, I got to go Genie all the way. I'm going Genie 2 for a clean sweep. That's check, please, on Remy. Genie moves on. Let's just get right into this very next round because now I think this is when this is going to get really interesting. Mike, my friend, you're going to go first. You're going to front this one. C2, Moana versus Carl Fredrickson.
0: Moana in recent history is probably one of the more indelible Disney slash uh, Pixar characters that have come to light, you know, in the last five years. And so it's one of those things where she seems like the favorite. But I'll tell you, man, my my heart is with Carl Fredrickson. And if, if, if you've watched up, if that movie doesn't just pull you in in that first, like, Five to ten minutes when they do the, the, uh, the the retrospective of his marriage with Ellie, I mean you know most movies save the waterworks for the end of the movie. They get you pretty wet eyed right at the beginning, and that firmly plants you behind Carl's corner. And uh, and I'm I'm right now firmly implanted behind Carl's corner.
1: Ooh wow, coming out early with a big swing. And yeah, this round's interesting. This seems like the soaring, the soaring heart round. Like I mean, both of these characters, you can get behind one hundred and ten percent just kind of depends on which side you land on. Luke, hop in my friend Moana versus Carl Fredrickson. How do you size this one up?
3: Man, I'm surprised that Carl even made this list of Pixar heavyweights. I was really hoping that The Incredibles was gonna be on here, but we'll get past that. Carl is in one of the best montages in maybe movie history and you instantly fall in love with him. But for me, I instantly fall out of love with him when it's just him holding up the movie once his wife passes away. He is such a Debbie Downer. I think he says no about like 2,000 times in this movie. He's just, oh, I just can't get behind Carl. I love Moana because she's probably one of the most badass women in Disney Pixar history. She also has one of the most catchy songs in Disney history as well. You know, I've been waiting. When you hear that song, that gets stuck in your head for a week. So for me, I, you know, I go for Moana.
1: Moana is an interesting movie because it, I think it's a modern Disney classic right I mean the beginning sequence the animation with what they're doing in the water and the first what the first opening what do we call not even act one but for the first opening song of Moana is just so cool and amazing it almost feels like Disney's doing it again of course you got Lin-Manuel Miranda songs in there Nick hop in here Carl versus Moana one steps in the ring only one can survive what are you feeling right now?
2: To me, this is a more lopsided matchup than even the 1-8 seed. To me, this, really? is, this is a huge victory for Moana. First of all, <laughs> Carl Fredrickson, to see that on a bracket. You know, what I said earlier, one of my criteria is, can you say with a straight face this character is the greatest Disney character of all time? Try saying the sentence, the greatest Disney character of all time is Carl Fredrickson. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> you go, you know you bring your kids to to Disneyland you know you say who do you want to see do you want to see Mickey do you want to see Goofy do you want to see Carl oh, Fredricksen <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey there's Carl Fred Frederick- honestly when i looked at the bracket and i know i helped you know pick these these uh you know co- contestants i said Who's Carl Fredrickson? <laughs> so, I'm not a I'm not a robot. I'm not a monster. I cried during that montage like everyone else. But that alone does not a great character make. You know, you've got to you've got to carry a movie and a movie franchise. And uh, Carl Fredrickson is, is just not doing it. So, um, Moana, on the other hand, let me say a quick thing about just about the the princess category in general and the princess franchise. Um, you know, I, I am a, uh, a loyal Disney employee, and we have these presentations, and one of the presentations that they had was, you know, what are the biggest um, properties that Disney has? And, you know, property being like Star Wars, Marvel, like the entire Marvel, you know, universe. Do you know what the biggest revenue generator by far that dwarfed them all was? It was the Disney Princess franchise. It is huge. You know, Moana coming out of that princess bracket, that's like being the best player on the the New York Yankees. You know, you're automatically part of the conversation for the greatest of all time. I got a lot of good things to say about Moana. I'm confident that she's going to make it through this round, so I'm going to save some of my
0: bullets. There's only been three films that have been animated films that have been nominated for best picture up is one of them along with beauty and the beast uh the animated version and then toy story three so right there it's got some critical cred to its belt as well um and yeah you know again like i think it's about the 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 you know any good stories about the growth of the character right and so you, you guys nailed it like Carl, because of what's happened to him earlier in his life, has turned into this curmudgeon. So it's kind of this journey of like him becoming somebody who who is willing to share his life with others again and kind of live that adventure again. And then and, and kind of, I, I, you know, especially as we get older, like kind of realizing that like, hey, yeah, we can still have adventures as we grow older. That's just not reserved to little kids and, and like young adults. So um, I, I kind of like that message. And then finally, uh, speaking as, a, as an Asian American, I love the fact that Russell is the first Asian character in Pixar history. So for me that that gained points. Um, but that also is is inclusive Moana as well because I think what I really really appreciate about Disney is always their their constant effort to represent. A diversity in their films you know we have carl as a senior citizen we have russell as as an asian american we have moana right we have mulan we have tiana from princess and the frog so i i think that's important to say that like diversity has
1: always been a thing that
0: disney has really tried to represent in pop
1: culture it truly is like an old school versus a new school and there's the old school that we all grew up on that is still so iconic which is indelible with disney and as as you said when you go to the park right you're not looking for Carl Fredrickson. You're looking for other people. You know what I mean? You're looking for those old school guys. But I do want to get everyone's opinion. And Luke, maybe if you want to go first time, the new school, and I think the reason why some of these have maybe made the list is also that, as Mike is saying, there's, there's this character development that Disney's really been getting to – drill in on hone in on that nick i mean you're doing work on and that's that's your job man right is to take these characters now and if you go back and you kind of watch pinocchio we all know and love pinocchio but you know the themes are a little bit broader you know luke like what was it for you i mean this this is kind of difficult right this old school versus this new school and trying to pick who's going to win in this bracket
3: yeah, with the new school we just have much deeper and richer characters and stories. I feel like, you know, Disney has, you know, become just a giant global powerhouse in the last 20 years. So all of these newer stories, they have some of the best writers in the world on them and we're just getting so much more emotional, impactful, memorable stories and um, yeah, it's really taken the uh, the the old school down a notch in the in our bracket here.
1: Yeah, Nick, just just weigh in real quick. I mean, you you know, you're part of the Disney family, man. You you're working on making those stories and really carrying disney into this whole new generation just talk a little bit about some of your writing process when you are working for disney
2: yeah well um you know disney just the heart of it is just storytelling i mean that's what it is i mean um you know it's not like walt disney was uh, that much greater of an artist than anybody else you know i think he even flunked out of art school but um you know he could tell a story and um I would say even those old school Disney movies, you know, the storytelling was was really classic. And, and you know, I I have kids, a three year old and a five year old, and they'll ask to watch those old school movies because um, they're they're really invested in the story. Uh, you know, I I think Up is a great story. Uh, I think Moana did a great job of you know kind of doing an uh, an update. You know, as a princess movie, but you know they also kind of brought it into the to, to the modern age and and you know added some much needed diversity to the princess franchise. So uh, while still you know having a really good um, foundation of storytelling
1: yeah and Mike just with this new school just keep running on the point that you're making so perfectly I mean with this diversity too it's opening up to an audience that now is making some of these characters more legendary which is probably why Moana is the number two seed right now
0: the thing too that's super interesting about Moana, and this is probably where the, the foresight to hey, let's be more diverse, both in our, you know, our ethnic representation, our you know, uh, whether it's a male female represent, representation, age representation. The, this is what's amazing. The original draft of Moana wasn't about Moana; it was actually about Maui, and Moana was like a side character. And, but thankfully, they had the foresight to kind of bring her more into the, the central focus of the film. So obviously. It had had things played out differently, Moana wouldn't even be in this bracket. She wouldn't even be represented. So once again, that lends weight to Carl. I'm I'm really pushing for Carl here, guys. I mean, kind we're, to vote. We're, like, which way are you going, man? You go first. We are going with Carl Fredrickson. Uh, I think I think I made that pretty clear. I right. looked right. away when
2: you said that. You couldn't even you couldn't <laughs> even look in the camera.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke, time to weigh in, my friend Moana versus Carl Fredrickson. and look us in the eyes.
3: Oh, give me Moana all day. I mean, she, she's going to go, I feel like she's going to go very, very far today. And, uh, Carl, good luck in the old folks home, buddy. It's Moana. (laughs) We're
1: tied. We're tied at one here. Nick, uh, unlock this tie here. Moana versus Carl Fredrickson.
3: A resounding
1: yes for Moana. I am on board, too, as well with Moana. She's going to make it through. Sorry, Carl Fredrickson, but you're going to have to bring more tears, more tears to your team and your audience because you're not making it on. Uh, We're going to get to our next round in just a second here, but let's just do a quick little get to know you uh, with this panel here. We're so happy and thankful to have you guys on here today. Uh, Luke, man, if you don't mind, uh, just go first a little bit, you know, give us a little bit of a background of, you know, when you got into the business i mean you've worked for the voice before you've worked with me on a separate project before <laughs> and then talk a little bit about movie time capsule so the good people listening right now can check out your pod
3: yeah i'm from illinois and colorado and i eventually got out here to la like you guys and found myself in the casting world on just a lot of cool projects Chef, the voice the sing-off america's best dance crew and uh yeah i just love talking about movies i host backyard movie nights a couple of times a year and uh, during the pandemic, I just missed talking about movies. So I started Movie Time Capsule, where i learn about people through their favorite movie selections. And um, yeah, I'm so uh, thankful that you guys brought me on here. This is a lot of fun.
1: We're going to get to know Nick in, uh, in just a couple of rounds here, but we got to keep our bracket moving for right now. This one is a juicy one. I'm ready for this sucker right now. This is number three, Woody from Toy Story versus number six, Peter fucking pan i said it (laughs) did it we're there we're loose we're all feeling good about it at this point luke uh let's hit you back man let's just bring come right back to you here woody versus peter pan this is a huge one now this is like this is a real deal matchup right here i'm curious to see what your thoughts are
3: peter pan we're going back old school with him and um you know he is just one of the funnest characters to watch because he just doesn't give a shit he's like You're hook, you're not gonna get me. I'm gonna dance around circles around you, and I'm gonna save the girl, and I'm gonna just be whatever I want to be because I'm Peter freaking pan. And for Woody, you know, I went back and watched this for homework for you guys for bracketology, and it's got Tom Hanks, one of the most lovable human beings in the world. But if you take a close look at Woody, he is a dick to Buzz and to the other characters in Andy's room. He's rude, he's envious, he's spiteful, and he's you know. He's a little pushy when it comes to their toys. He, he he pushes them around. For me, Peter Pan is uh he's looking like my winner. Peter Pan's got the edge right now. Here's what I'll say
1: to Woody real quick is though, it's tough to it's tough to represent the franchise, Andy, while also keep everyone else on the team happy. You know what I mean? Like there's always <laughs> going to be that that tug and pull there. Mike hop in.
0: There should be like a category. We should have had a category where like biggest dicks and while Disney film and Pixar characters, right? Because You know, Luke, you just mentioned Woody, but uh, Peter Pan is kind of suspect as well. We're talking about a guy who who knows how old Peter Pan is, but he's he's definitely like thousands of years old. And what does he do? He preys upon little kids and takes them away to like a place called Neverland. And you know, I know it's kind of uh, I don't know what exact relationship with Wendy he has, but there's there's definitely kind of romantic inklings there as well, right? So I mean, he's he he's not of the uh, cleanest soul either so this is kind of like two uh, potential like uh, questionable uh, creeps uh, matched up in this category Um, I will say this about Woody and this is kind of a question I have for all of you guys Um, as as Luke just mentioned like this really this performance really rides behind just this idea of it's Tom Hanks voice right one of the most beloved actors of our generation probably of all time and so, you know, and we'll touch upon this with Aladdin because Aladdin was kind of that first time where like an A-list talent really agreed to voice an animated character. So, with that being said, what is your guys's overall opinion of A-list talent now basically voicing all these animated films? Basically, if it's a major animated release, it's going to have A-list talent behind it. For me, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, I, it, it kind of removes me from the film a little bit, because, you know, for instance, in, 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 Toy Story, I I'm, I'm picturing Tom Hanks more times than not that I am picturing Woody, the character.
2: Yeah. Um, you know, in general, I, I, I don't like it. I'm with you. I mean, I think it kind of takes you out of the performance. Um, and I think to, to Disney's credit, the one thing they haven't done, even though they've had like, you know, great uh, voice talent throughout the years, they haven't gone the DreamWorks route of just loading up, you know, any A-list celebrity that'll do the voice, um, you know, because I think the truth is sometimes these professional voice actors, that's a huge talent. You know, I've worked with these people and they, they can, you know, mimic a voice or, you know, you can give them a very broad direction and they can, you know, turn it. And so a lot of times they, they're they the best people for that role and they get you know, pushed out by these these A-listers who have a bigger name or, you know, might look better on a poster or something like that.
1: How dare you, Mike Choi? What was it? It Wasn't Dom DeLuise <laughs> in All Dogs Go to Heaven? Talk about go first big star. How dare you, man? <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> but I, I'm with you, though. Like, I, I just personally feel like, especially when it comes to the lead characters in some of these movies, I prefer that they were done by, as you mentioned, Nick, those professional voice actors that can actually probably get more of an authentic performance instead of, I don't know, you know, just like Chris Pratt now is just doing it and you're trying to sort of like figure it out where it just seems like, I don't know, it just, and it doesn't really sell the movie for me more. This one's, this one's really tough right now. I got to talk about Peter Pan for a second. My man, right. Built for these times. Right he probably would have a podcast. He's got a gang. He's got boys that only he hangs out with. He's very exclusive. He's very clicky. He never wants to grow up. He just wants to do the same thing over and over again. Sounds like a 2021 man uh, to me personally. Between these two, Peter Pan never changes, right? Which is kind of hard for a particular type of character arc. You know, as much as he like, you know, thumbs his nose up against the establishment, which is Captain Hook and always wants to maintain this youthfulness. He doesn't really have to change or really have to make any serious decisions, right? I mean, like, where I'm going to actually go to bat for Woody a little bit. I know you guys are saying that he's annoying, but he's, like, in a really tough place, and I find his character to be really, like, dense and complex and interesting. Woody's character has to change, what, eight or nine times over the span of these three or four movies? He's loyal and beholden to Andy, but then realizes that the family of the toys is maybe more important, and then he realizes that Andy himself needs to you know mature and move on and maybe that means that he doesn't have to be around there with him and he goes through a lot of really tough stuff but he just has to keep making these choices that are hard and maybe he makes the wrong choice but he has to keep evolving as a character all the time and for an animated character that's really cool nick hop in
2: yeah i completely agree i think um the fact that he sometimes makes the wrong choice makes him um you know really a great character i mean Mickey Mouse can never make the wrong choice because he's, you know, he, he, that's who he's become now. He's the face of the company. And, you know, we'll talk about him later, but um, Woody, you know, I'm going to call him the Michael Jordan at this pool, right down to his number three seed, because I think, you know, he's, he's, he, you know, Jordan was the number three draft pick. And, and uh, you know, I think he's just an all-around great. I think, yes, he's a bit of a jerk. So was Michael Jordan, probably a little bit of a sociopath, but that's what added to his greatness. He's got a little grit, you know? Um, in an earlier draft, I know there were some, um, things that, that, that Pixar released, you know, he was really sort of the villain of that, of, you know, I, I think he didn't accidentally knock Buzz out that window. I think he pushed him out of the window. Um, so, you know, I think that only adds to his mystique. I think he's just an all around great character that launched, um, you know, this huge, um, you know, all these Pixar movies that we're talking about, um, start with Woody. So I like the fact that he's got a little bit of edge, I'll say.
1: Any final thoughts, Mike, hop in before we place our vote here. This one's going to be close.
0: I will say, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty torn, but the, the thing that's interesting about Peter Pan is there, there is something indelible about that character and how, how it resonates with uh, culture, because I was surprised to learn that there, in addition to all the various plays that have come out since the very beginning of of his creation and then the animated films and then the musicals and so forth, there have been eight feature films starring Peter Pan there's gonna there's gonna be another one coming out this year so it's there there is something and maybe it is this kind of like what you mentioned earlier Joey about just this 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 timeless youth that I guess we all kind of subconsciously want to cling to
1: yeah and I think some of the accessibility comes down to the fact that the character never changes which is why I love the movie Hook so much because it's all about what if Peter Pan changed and what if he grew up and what if he actually became like a two dimensional character. And what if he had to go back and figure out what he needed to do? But that's a discussion for another pod. It's time to vote. Luke, my friend, you're going up first. Woody versus Peter Pan. Who's got it?
3: Um, Peter Pan, Woody, they're both flawed. But for me, Peter Pan's going to take it. He's less selfless. He, he saves the day. And for me, he saves this choice.
1: We got Peter Pan up by one. Mike, weigh in.
0: If I'm going to err in bad character, I'm going to err with Tom Hanks every time. So Woody for me.
1: We're tied up. He's going with Tom. Nick, I'm break this tie here.
2: Man, you know, it's a tough matchup. I mean, I like Peter Pan a lot. It was my favorite ride at Disneyland growing up. But, um, you know, it, it, he's a classic character, but, you know, it didn't age well. Uh, you know, the, the I don't even know if he's the best character in that movie. You know, I always loved playing Captain Hook when I was a kid. And, you know, the crocodile was so cool. Tinkerbell is, you know, stood the test of time. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, Woody is such a strong all-around character. Uh, I'm going to go with Woody for this one.
1: We're going to go Woody two to one. And ladies and gentlemen, this was most really tough for me. But you know what? When in doubt, I promised myself I'm going to go down to the ride at Disneyland. Which ride is better? And who is the, who doesn't love zipping around London uh, around that little ride on the Peter Pan ride a little bit? So I'm going to go with Peter Pan. We're going to tie it up, Mike. You know what that means. It's time for our first tiebreaker.
0: It's time for our first tiebreaker. So, Luke, you're going to participate in this first tiebreaker. It's called True or False. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you five true or false questions. As long as you can get three or more of them correct, that means Peter Pan, who you voted for, will get to move on in the bracket. Let's go. True or false, John Ratzenberger, most notably of Cheers fame, has voiced a character in every Pixar film. True. It is true. Ratzenberger has voiced a character in all 23 Pixar films that have been released to date. Number two, true or false? Singer Phil Collins created several songs for the Hercules soundtrack. False. You are correct. That answers... Indeed, false. Collins created songs for the Tarzan soundtrack. Most notably, You'll Be In My Heart, which earned Collins an Oscar for Best Original Song. Ugh, okay. Question number three. This, this is going to be a softball. True or false? Hakuna Matata means problem-free philosophy. True. That's a trick question. No! No! I was, I was giving you a softball. It's what? false. As Nathan Lane, the voice of Timon, so succinctly states, it means no worries. It means no worries. <laughs> uh, if you can actually believe it, Hakuna Matata was not actually a part of the movie's original song list. I can't imagine that movie without Hakuna Matata. It's crazy. All right, so that's one wrong. You still need, you have two chances to get one correct. Number Alrighty. four true or false? Mickey Mouse has three digits on each of his hands. False. You are correct. Mickey has four digits. Three fingers and a thumb. Now, according to Walt Disney, this was both an artistic and financial decision, explaining that five digits would look like a bunch of bananas, and then financially, not having to draw a fifth finger would save the company time and money. Uh, Do you want to do the fifth one? You've already got it, but do you want to do the fifth
3: one just to see? I love trivia. Let's, Let's do it.
0: Okay, true or false, Walt Disney holds the record for winning the most Academy Awards. That's old school. I think that's true. You are correct. Disney is the Meryl Streep of his era. Getting nominated in amazing 59 times, winning 26 Oscars. Wow. Jeez. So that, my friends, means Peter Pan moves on to the next round.
1: All right, guys, we got one, we got one more to go in this first round here, and then we're gonna get straight to our final four. This one is super interesting here. <laughs> you might have heard of him before. The number four seed, Mickey Mouse. Just you know your average Disney character versus the five seed Maleficent, one of the greatest Disney villains of all time. Mike, you're gonna go first on this one, my friend. What are you thinking here? You know this is the light versus the
3: dark.
0: Mickey Mouse, he's the icon, right? He his as as Nick kind of mentioned earlier for another character. To me, Mickey Mouse is the Michael Jordan of animation, right? I mean, in essence, he's the logo. He's the logo for Disney. I I can't think of a better logo in all of history. I mean, maybe the Apple logo, maybe the golden arches, but when you think of Mickey Mouse, it's synonymous with Disney. So uh, this one, this one seems like it's going to be, you know, a home run hit for Mickey, but I mean, we'll see what you guys say. I will say this, the only critique I have for uh, Mickey Mouse is that in doing the research, I was amazed to learn that Mickey Mouse has only appeared in three feature films, none of which he has actually led. So most of his work has been in in, in cartoons in terms of TV or and, and these days streaming cartoons. So um, I was actually really surprised to learn that. So and maybe Nick, you might have some insight. But does that really is that is that an instance of like he is so much considered the brand that like they're so worried that a potential movie flop would diminish that brand. Is that, is that part of the reasoning that he's never actually,
1: you can't say lie. Yeah, it's,
0: it's amazing. He He's never led a movie, never led a movie.
1: Well, so wait. you don't consider like Fantasia him, him leading, or is that? No, just- he is a
0: hundred percent. He's, he's in one segment of Fantasia. So he's not, he's a hundred percent. He
1: has no lines in Fantasia. I don't think he ever speaks. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, so, that's the thing I was going to throw out with Mickey Mouse and someone can help me out is like, you know, what's Mickey Mouse's famous line? Go. We don't know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, you know what I mean? Like laugh. Sure. You know what I mean? But yet still somehow he's sort of become uh Nick. I want you to hop in on this. The way I put it was Mickey Mouse is the Jerry West of Disney characters. And he's not the greatest, but he's on the logo. Nick, hop in.
2: That's a good analogy. And, you know, just like Jerry West, I, I don't, I don't know if he's the greatest of all time. You know, I will say this about, about what Mike said. Um, it's exactly right. You know, he's he's the face of the, this huge conglomerate, one of, one of the biggest companies in the world, and because of that, he can't do anything interesting or can't do anything funny. They're so protective of that brand that now Mickey, who was once an interesting character, I mean, if you watch some of those old shorts like Lonesome Ghosts and some of the other ones, you know, he was in, he would get into trouble, and you know, kind of had a sense of humor. He hasn't done anything funny in eighty years now because. Uh, you know, that's the face of that company. Um, I've never worked on a Mickey property, but I know some friends who have, and they say that that it's so protected that every line is scrutinized. Um, there was a preschool show that one of my friends worked on where um, his uh, ears, you know, sometimes it was a CG show and sometimes he would turn this way and, and, and turn this way, but you'd see his ears and profile and it looked kind of weird. And they were so protective of that at the cost of millions of dollars, they overhauled all the, the, the entire series. Um, you know, some of you who work in the business know how expensive that is just because we they always want to see Mickey's, you know, face and profile. So because he's become such a corporate entity, M- Mike mentioned it as a positive thing, uh, him being the logo, you know, it's also, it, it comes with a lot of drawbacks too. So I'm genuinely torn on this matchup, um, you know, between Mickey and Maleficent.
1: Well, and it's also, so interesting because it sounds like we're talking about the purity of mickey mouse where maleficent is the purity of the other side of the coin right where i find her to be so powerful is that you know in you know what I, what is it in sleeping beauty you know all she wants to do is do harm and that's what makes it so powerful and frankly kind of terrifying luke uh just kind of weigh in between these two seem to be very like you know um both characters are playing on absolutes
3: so for mickey mouse for me he's like you know, Ford's Model T. It's the first, it's the original. You gotta respect it, but you don't wanna be driving around in it. You're like, I want the Tesla, okay? So Mickey Mouse for me is, is old news. And like like Mike said, like, what has he been in? I, I was you know straining to think of what what do I remember him from? He's just, you know, just the icon. He's just the face. Um, for Melissa Finn, um, you know, what makes her great, like you said, Joey, is she has no backstory. He's, she's kind of like the Joker. Like, she's just pure evil. We don't know why, which makes her intriguing. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. It
1: sounds like we're trending towards the dark. Mike, hop in. Well, I mean,
0: she's definitely one of the OG villains, right? Along with, like, the evil queen. She is kind of what Disney uh, villainy has kind of grown from. And I will say, like, we don't know her complete, complete backstory, but the reason that she turned turned in Sleeping Beauty was because she didn't get invited to a baby christening, <laughs> which is crazy because I think of myself and I'm like, I'll do handsprings of joy anytime I don't have to go to a friend or family member, uh, a fr- family member's baby shower. So I'm like, hey, different, yeah, complete different thinking on that. Um, the super interesting thing is she's obviously been rebranded kind of these last couple of years with the live action film. In Maleficent with Angelina Jolie, so where she's actually kind of now this anti-hero who's actually a protector of Aurora, who is Sleeping Beauty. I can't, be, you know, in doing the research, I can't believe now I know that Sleeping Beauty's real name is Aurora. I don't know where my man card is these days. But with that being said, yeah, like so, there, she's kind of grown. So I'm, I'm actually really curious about what Disney's. Plans are for Maleficent if it's kind of like this J.J. Abrams changing the timeline or if ultimately it's kind of this this precursor story where she'll she'll turn heel again kind of like a WWF kind of thing so um, yeah man you know uh, I I did not think of that from Nick's standpoint and the fact that like Mickey is so constrained by his iconness that it kind of limits what he can be as a character so that's actually a really good point which now kind of makes us more of a level playing field than I than I originally thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a tight race and I think it's time to vote. Nick, um final thoughts and, and cast your vote here. Who do you think it's going to be?
2: Oh man, I wish I wasn't going first because I I mean it could it, it's definitely a coin flip. You know, I I I think Maleficent is great too. She's you know, iconic and you know, she's she's she, she's a great villain and um oh man, and her you know, the fact that she would basically unleash all this fury over not in getting an invite to a party. I mean, uh Mickey Mouse is like the the Duke of this bracket you know I, I I've got a lot to say about him but you know he's such an all-time great I feel like I'm gonna go with Mickey I'm gonna go with Mickey advancing through this
1: yeah it sounds like Mickey hit some free throws with some seconds left maybe he got a hometown call and you know there, it looks like he's gonna advance here with some free throws Mike uh hop in here which way are you going Mickey Mouse versus Maleficent
0: I mean, we're using all these comparisons, and the one I'm going to throw out there is it's it's kind of like Queen Elizabeth and the British monarchy. Like, who cares about the British monarchy for some reason, but we, we still do. And so, just like Queen Elizabeth and all the
1: royals, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Mickey. Wow, 2-0 Mickey. Luke, what's going to happen here? Are we extending the lead for Mickey, or does Maleficent have a chance?
3: Oh, Mickey Mouse. Uh-huh. Oh, gosh. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> uh, for well, me, you know, right. Mickey Mouse, what have you done for me lately? Maleficent, uh, I feel like she's Cersei. Like she has this evil presence. She goes down to the dungeon just to like rub it in uh, the prince's face. Like she's so evil, it's kind of awesome. And so for me, it's Maleficent.
1: All right, guys, you know what? Just for the sake of it, I'm going to just, I'm going to lay it up to the Walt Disney gods here. I think I'm going to tie it up here with Maleficent. we're going to do one more tiebreaker here. So Nick, we are going to put you through the ringer. So this
0: tiebreaking game is called 3010. Now I know this sounds like it's probably the year that the Minnesota Timberwolves will actually win an NBA championship. But instead, (laughs) instead, it means I'm going to give you 30 seconds to name at least 10 items in a particular category. If you do this successfully, then that means, um, Mickey Mouse will advance. So are you ready?
2: Yes, bring it on. And that, I'm just glad to hear the Timberwolves are going to win a championship. I don't care if it's a thousand years from now. Nick
0: is from Minnesota, everyone, just so just so everyone knows.
3: Uh,
0: so currently, there are 14 official Disney princesses. You have 30 seconds to name me at least 10 of them. Are you ready, Nick? Let's do it. Clock starts now.
2: Uh, Moana, Cinderella, um uh snow white uh sleeping beauty um uh oh man i'm drawing a blank um modern princess uh, uh, T- tiana uh from princess and the frog uh correct you're correct uh 10 seconds uh elsa um uh, uh oh man um
0: and time is up you got let's see you got six of them you could have also gone with Anna from Frozen Belle you have Jasmine you have Meridia who is from Brave which I totally didn't realize was a princess and then you forgot Mulan and Pocahontas (laughs) so that means Maleficent beat mickey mouse and is advancing in our bracket
1: and you know what that's that's okay right because i think we we talked a lot and we probably did enough on mickey mouse i didn't really have anything else left in the chamber to really throw out there for him i don't know if anyone else did i will say though parting words for mickey mouse after all the shit we just talked on him when i go to disneyland or disney world you want a picture with him right like it's this it's it's undeniable his celebrity for reasons that i don't think we were able to discover here today is still as bright and as beautiful and as huge as it was previously in the past. We're ready for our final four. Ladies and gentlemen, it is down. It is about to happen. This is going to get wild. The number one seed, the genie is going to be going up against the five seed Maleficent Moana. The two seed will be going up against Peter Pan, the six seed, which means we've had two upsets here real quick though, before we get into our final four, Nick, I would just want you to help us out, like uh, tell, tell the listeners and the viewers a little bit quick about how you got involved with Disney. I mean, was this something that you grew up always wanting to work with? And since you have been working with them so, for so long, just talk about, I mean, man, you, you're a showrunner for so many shows that kids love and enjoy and watch.
2: Thank you, yeah. Um, you know, I didn't grow up a huge Disney fan. I mean, it was part of my world like like every, everyone else. I grew up in Minnesota, but every year we would make a trip to Disneyland. So, um, you know, that that was a big thing for me and that's how I remember all the classic characters. Um, but yeah, I went to, to film school at USC and then, um, you know, t- took, took a while to get my foot in the door, but, um, you know, eventually, you know, Disney uh, TV animation was the, the first place that, that I got a job uh, as a writer and, you know, wrote on some of their shows that uh, I mentioned earlier, The um, Replacements, Emperor's New School, Phineas and Ferb, um, and then uh, moved over to the live action side as a producer and writer um, on Zeke and Luther. And then, uh, yeah, for the past um, probably six or seven years, I've been I've uh, created two live action shows. Uh, one for Disney, "Gamer's Guide to Pretty Much Everything," which was a multi camera sitcom. And then uh, at Netflix, uh, "Prince of Peoria," which was uh, gone before its time, but we had two good seasons of it. Um, uh, but it's a show I'm really proud of. Uh, and now I'm back uh, back at Disney. Um, Developing and uh, and um, producing a a project that will actually be on the air in 2023, which uh, it seems like a Star Trek date to me. That (laughs) so far off, but that's how animation works. So um, I'm back in the Disney fold. I'm happy to be here. I, I, you know, I'm I I love the company and um, happy that we picked this uh, this topic.
1: Yeah, congratulations, man. I mean, to be coming out of USC and to be able to work for that medium and that huge that huge family, and get the silver pass, which we mentioned just very briefly on the pre-pod. I'm sure that there are some perks that you get a chance to enjoy, man. And uh, yeah, dude, thank you so much for being on the pod and bringing your knowledge and expertise. Let's just go to Genie and Maleficent. We haven't talked about Genie really at all in this pod. I think it's time to let him out of the lamp and start just unleashing some fury here. And does Maleficent have any chance in this final four?
0: I mean, again, we are talking about the comic genius of Robin Williams. And and strangely, when you think of all his roles you could make an argument that there is no better example of his kinetic brilliance than his role as genie in aladdin and and this is all i'll have to say about how impactful genie is so obviously there's been a remake there's been you know the the will smith live action remake that was made in 2019 but you know that character is so indelible and the fact is, he's not the main character of Aladdin. He's a side character. He doesn't come in until about thirty minutes into the film, and then overall, he only, he has less than like twenty minutes of screen time. So once again, his his per minute average is is through the roof. So again, that 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 is singular to the talent that is Robin Williams. He, you know he left us way too soon, and uh, yeah, thankfully we have roles like this to continue to remember him by.
1: They really just let him do whatever he wanted and when can you honestly say um a place like disney can bring in an actor like robin williams and just let him pretty much do whatever he wanted and you know what everyone was better off for it including audiences like us luke uh, way in between uh,
3: uh genie versus in here yeah for genie i feel like this is probably robin williams top or maybe second best movie of you know showing off his abilities of all time um you know you got He does impersonation after impersonation of so many people, you know, he goes, uh, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro, Joan Rivers, Rodney Dangerfield. It is hilarious every single second that he's on screen. And he also starts two meta jokes for Disney, like he kind of is the genesis of doing meta jokes. He does a, he brings in the crab Sebastian from Little Mermaid as he's doing like a little recipe cooking. And then he also (laughs) wears, at the end, he wears the goofy hat, uh, Mm. the goofy tourist hat that everyone gets at Disneyland. So I got to give him props for that. And then for Maleficent, she's just an all powerful being. She can command lightning. She can create a briar patch out of nowhere and she uses hypnosis. Uh, They got a lot of powers on both sides.
1: Well, most and two too, they were able to reboot her, as we've already mentioned. You know what I mean? I guess they really haven't been able to do that with Jeannie. Um, yeah, I have here in the uh, Internet history. Robin Williams had 16 hours of improv voiceover. Um, his ad libs, because he did so many in the movie, took the movie out of the running for best adapted screenplay for an Oscar, which <laughs> it probably would have been nominated for, but it couldn't have been because he wrote too much stuff off the fly. Nick, time to hop in here. And also just talking to Luke's point, he brought up such a great point with the impersonations. You know, you're in the Disney family. What do you think the animators were like when they got in the office and they were like, yeah, we need you to do a genie that looks like Jack Nicholson. Uh, we need you to do a genie that looks like this guy, because this is what Robin Williams is cooking up right now.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think they were probably excited about it. You know, I, I think uh, the backstory with him getting that role is that, um, they, they really wanted him to do the role and he was you know hesitant to do it. And then some of the animators actually animated some of his stand-up comedy to, um, to, the, to the character design. and Robin Williams saw this and immediately signed on to the movie and did it for you know scale basically, you know, much less than his quote because it, it was so funny and it worked so well. So yeah, I think this is the perfect example of like the marriage of, of a great voice talent like Robin Williams and um you know great animators uh like they have at disney uh you know we touched on this earlier but i think he um robin williams was really the first big celebrity to do a voice in um in, in an animated movie and it started a trend that i don't think you know it, it went too far but you know it just worked brilliantly there and he was the first one to do it
1: yeah it's just in a performance i mean it's so funny too when you talk about Robin Williams's career and you have the comedy and you have the drama and it's so versatile and it's so dense with so many different performances. But you can't talk about his catalog without bringing up the genie in Aladdin. You know what I mean? You can't do it without bringing up him being in this animated feature film, which is, I think, really a testament to how amazing he is. So here's the goes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to unload the chamber here. I'm going to unload the clip here on all I got on Maleficent. Behind every great character, there's an amazing voice. And I'm hoping I'm getting her last name correctly, voiced by Eleanor Audley. She had done voice and also acting roles in Mr. Ed, Dick Van Dyke, Beverly Hillbillies, I Love Lucy, the same voice actor who did Lady Tremaine and Cinderella. So honestly, she double dipped two of the greatest like kind of Disney villains, at least female Disney villains of all time. She voiced both of them. And she's also the voice of Madame Leota, the psychic medium in the Haunted Mansion rides at Disneyland and also with Disney World. So her voice and her work still carries on to this day from that iconic performance. Mike, that's pretty much all I got on Maleficent there. I mean, cool, rich history, you know, an amazing character. I, I personally like my villains that have the pure evil to them. I don't know how I really feel about rebooting her and giving her this Human backstory or anything like that, but still a really powerful villain. Luke, hop in real quick, and then Mike.
3: I just want to add on to that quickly. One of the best evil laughs ever in animated oh, history.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, uh, that chills you to the bone still to this day. And I mean, I mean, she her work doing Lady Tremaine and Cinderella. I mean, I think says it all about what she was able to bring. To just the legacy of the disney franchise mike hop in
0: again i'm not going to waste too many bullets because i think uh, i think genie's going to move on to the next round here but i will say this when you talked about the the the, the amount of animation that it, it required to animate robin williams uh the lead animator spoke about uh, this idea that when he worked on beauty and the beast they took about they needed about six animators to work on on the beast alone six animators right so it's, it's a lot of animators. For Robin Williams and Genie, it took between 12 and 20 animators to to draw that kinetic energy of Robin Williams. So again, that just shows you like this 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 energy that like it, it's it's hard to contain. And somehow, Genie in in Aladdin was able to to capture a fraction of
1: that. It's time to vote. Let's hit it. Nick, go first, my friend. Genie versus Maleficent.
0: You know, Maleficent has a
2: lot going for her. Um, You know, I I think one of my criteria was, would you want to go see this walkabout or this character at Disneyland? And you absolutely would. Um, Whereas maybe the genie, I'm not so sure. But that said, um, you know, yes, she was a powerful character, a powerful villain, maybe too powerful. I think like, you know, she could basically do anything at any time. And, you know, kind of made you wonder why she didn't do that, like make that Briar patch earlier. But um, anyway, the Genie is such a strong contender. You know, I, I've got a lot to say about him if he goes to the final. So um, I am going to,
3: I'm going to give my vote
2: to Genie.
3: Yeah, one for Genie, zero Maleficent. Luke, my friend, weigh in. You know, Genie can turn himself into pretty much anything he wants. Maleficent can only turn herself into a dragon. She is so puny compared to the Genie. I'm going to give it to the Genie. Duo Genie. Where are we going, Mike?
0: Uh, it's, it's Genie all the way. Genie all the way.
1: Yeah, it's a clean sweep for me with Genie. I will say maybe in the end with Maleficent, you know, you know, that was her Achilles heel, right? Is She just said, well, if you find true love and a kiss, you know, then my whole plan will blow up. I mean, you got to really think that one through, right? You know, people just <laughs> meet people in this world, they fall in love. And, you know, you can't really stop love. And that was Maleficent's problem. Genie's moving on to the finals. Not a big surprise there, but could there be a big surprise coming up here in our final four around this last matchup right here? This is an interesting one, kind of a new school versus old school. It's the number two seed Moana versus the number six seed Peter Pan. Luke, my friend, go first. How do these two match up? And where are you leaning right now?
3: man he, he goes up against Hook, right? With a tiny little sword. He's got a little like pocket knife pretty much. And he goes up against Hook with just the bravest ambitions. And for Moana, her physicalness, it comes down to she can sail a boat. She can rock climb. She can parkour. She ziplines. She is an impressive character just on physical merit alone. So I am leaning towards Moana. Ooh, so wait, like in
1: an American Ninja Warrior scenario or like an American Gladiator scenario, Moana gets the edge too as
3: well, right? In terms of skill set? Yeah, just by just by the skin of her teeth. But yeah, she's got it.
1: She's a five tool hero. Uh, Mike, uh, weigh in Moana versus Peter Pan.
0: Well, again, I would be remiss to say that, you know, again, it was four guys determining the, the characters that made it into this bracket. So in terms of female representation, I wish there would have been more. And because of that, you know, Moana, I mean, Moana is she is a hero. She is an outright hero. And we, we forget that she kind of has magical powers as well. Like she kind of can manipulate the ocean or I don't know if she manipulates the ocean, but she has a relationship where the, the ocean, uh, has, uh, it bestows, uh, Uh, Let's her have control over ocean type uh, activities you know Peter Pan is he's a rapscallion he's not a hero he's just in it for himself and he's gluttonous and he's like whatever whatever makes him happy and of of course it's you know he's fighting Captain Hook but again it's because of this idea that like hey man I'm I'm just living my life and if you're getting in my way of living my life you know then 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 you're an enemy you know Moana's trying to save her people she's trying to save her island and you know she's she's fighting demons and demigods and and convincing a demigod in maui to like convert to the good side finally so you know for everything that you want in a hero moana is, is 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 what you're looking for and from a real life standpoint um she this character like really impacted technology because they wanted her hair to be so uh, vibrant and dynamic and almost a character in itself that they had to create new software and technology to make that hair possible in the movie. And then once again, I don't know if this is just a new new thing, but, you know, uh, uh, the animators and creators and directors, they, they took all these vacations to kind of really get a sense of what life like on Polynesian islands would be like. So again, it's a brilliant scam uh, for basically a subsidized vacation on the filmmaker's part as well. So you got to give them props for that.
1: Well, pay off. I mean, the animation in that movie, I think, is just next level. I mean, it really is. I I, I rewatched it a couple of days ago just to kind of brush up on all this. And it, it's it's top notch. It's totally a different level for Disney. And you keep asking yourself, how do they keep raising the bar higher? And they actually do it. Nick, maybe the question comes down to what would you rather have to be able to control the water, control all water or fly just by thinking of a happy thought? You know, this is pretty much where we're at now. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, controlling water. I mean, you know, 70% of the Earth's surface is is water. So I think just by the numbers, you've got to go with the water. Um, Yeah, to me, look, I I grew up with Peter Pan. I love Peter Pan. But, and, you know, now I'll go here because this might be his last round and and I'm going to really try and dunk on him here. That movie did not age well, you know, and it 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 is a very dated movie if you watch it now. I mean, in terms of the represented representation of like like Native Americans, there's some problematic stuff. Um, the Mary,
1: Martin, the Mary Martin live action too has some problems also as well. Uh, it is a problematic ball, character. And yeah,
2: <laughs> and look, I'm I'm gonna say like people's association with Neverland now. A lot of it is a Neverland Ranch too, which you know. <laughs> I'm gonna say the brand of that character is not not great. I think the the original author was maybe kind of had some weird stuff going on too, you know, and. Um... I don't know. I mean, I always, I always have a fondness in my heart, but you know, uh, Moana, uh, you know, I feel good about her going to the finals here. So I'll just say she came out of the strongest category, which is that princess category. Um, all the things that Mike said, you know, it's about female empowerment uh, and which is such a big thing in the Disney brand. And, and she does some real, real badass stuff and, you know, they really made it, you know, culturally authentic. Um, so, uh, yeah, I don't know if we're voting now, but Yeah, but yeah Moana,
1: cast, cast your vote, man. Let's do it. Sounds like you're going Moana. Moana I'll kick it off. Yeah,
2: Moana's all the way for me.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, and you're bringing up such great points because, yeah, Peter Pan, you know, there's the phrase now, The fr- and it's a derogatory phrase of, like, he's a Peter Pan, the one who can never grow up. I mean, it was like a parable for fighting against mortality, but really now it's more of something that obviously isn't as, uh, as a glowing or as positive as probably it was in the past. And again, you know, I think for the listeners that are maybe thinking, you know, how is Moana the second greatest Disney character of all time? Well, Nick, dude, you just nailed it, man, because that representation of that Disney princess class that we were all voting on, all of them could have been, you know, Elsa, Cinderella, Snow White, you know, all those people on that list could have easily been in that spot. And, for you know, we just voted and found that Moana was the most interesting character and also a really, really good movie at a time and place where the populace was able to kind of watch it and, you know, take it in and accept it. And I think that's why it's there. Luke, uh, time to vote, my friend. It's
3: 1-0 Moana versus Peter Pan. Where are you going? As Nick said, Peter Pan did not age well. And there's one line that just takes Peter out of the running for me. He said, well, Wendy is saying, oh, hi, I'm Wendy and I live here with my brothers. And he's like, oh no, 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 Wendy was enough. Like, stop talking. He's misogynistic. Um, And for Moana, you know, Maui kind of puts her down a couple times in the film and she stands up for herself. So I am going with Moana.
1: Wow. 2-0 Moana and Mike, where are you going? Does Peter Pan have a chance at this one or is Moana sinking threes and they're calling timeouts and this game's getting out of control.
0: Again, I think I made my case when, uh, when we talked about this matchup in the beginning and and, and that's all that needs to be said. It's Moana. Moana moving on.
1: Moana Ah. in the championship. Three oh Moana, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go against the green. I guess I'm gonna throw Peter Pan a vote. Like it's not gonna matter. It's three one. But Moana's gonna move on to the finals. Very, very impressive, you guys. So it's time to dig into it. Let's just launch right in. No need to wait. It's the Genie versus Moana, the one versus the two seed. I think, Mike, this might be the first time chalk has made it to the finals in bracketology. Is that correct?
0: It, it could be, and and again, I think of, of of the people that made it into the bracket to square off against. I, I think this is the the right finals. I think I think the the prognosticators got this matchup right.
1: Yeah. So, guys, let's um let's dive into this real quick. And I kind of want to start it off with a question. Whoever wants to dive in on this and talk about it first. But the thing with the genie that was so interesting to me was. Obviously, the the power and the hugeness that the movie had in proportion to how much Robin Williams didn't want the movie to be huge, if that makes any sense. So I'm going to read something off here we got off the Internet. Robin Williams provided the voice for the Genie at union scale rate, the lowest legal legal pay rate at a studio can give to an actor on the proviso that his voice was not used for merchandising. And that the Genie character not to take on more than 50-25% of the space of a poster at a billboard. Those wishes were not granted, which caused a really weird relationship with Disney for many years. Whoever wants to weigh in, go for it. You know, Luke or Mike, why why do you think Robin Williams wanted that? I can understand, like, the artist in him, but you kind of understand what you're signing up for with Disney, right? Was he sort of thinking about, like, the stuff down the road of, like, Disney on ice that he was going to have to be on ice skates? You know, why do you think he was so stubborn about trying to make this sort of thing happen.
0: Well, you, you you nailed it. I mean, I think to a certain degree, he was standing up for artistic principle, right? But then also to your point, you nailed it. You need to know who you went to bed with. You went to bed with Disney, okay? They are not going to not sell merchandise, especially if you're successful. So it, it, that was kind of a naive... You know, a naive uh, sentiment that Williams had, but 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 props for him for trying to not have it be just a, a monetization tool. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you two final points that should tell you the power of Robin Williams as genie. There was actually a sequel to Aladdin. Does anybody remember the sequel? It was called Return of Jafar. You know why nobody remembers that? Because Dan Castellan- Castellaneda, who is the voice of Homer Simpson, was the voice of Genie. That you, you, that that doesn't that doesn't resonate. So that's one thing. And two, Robin Williams might be able to predict the future. So in 1993, the Golden Globes who've obviously kind of come under fire as of late presented Williams a Special Achievement Award for his voice work in Aladdin in 1993. Do you want to guess who the only actor was that they cut away to in the audience during his acceptance speech? Will Smith who would go on to play a uh, genie, yeah. you know, 20 years later. So he was the wow. only actor they cut away to during the, so it's, it's on, you know, in the research, it's on a uh, YouTube. If you Google Robin and, Williams. And, and
1: real uh, quick, uh, real quick, 10 seconds from everyone. Will Smith is genie. Yes or no. Do we all, do we all like it? Did we all see it? Uh,
3: Luke, did you see the new, did you see the new Aladdin? I saw it and uh, no, thank you. Okay,
2: hey, Nick, did you see it? I didn't see it, but I think, you know, despite it getting panned, I think it did well. So, um, you know, there's something about that character that transcends even, you know, even that.
1: So, yeah, Will Smith is genie, Mike. What did you think?
0: Well, I mean, I think it's forgettable. I also think it was fine. And that just that probably brings up a larger question of just this whole idea of, of Disney of late making these live action remakes or retellings. Um, I'm just not a fan of that in general because. Yeah, I mean,
1: like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like dude. It it's Will Smith. It is Will Smith being you know charming and a talented actor and you know the singing isn't that bad and some of the numbers are actually pretty good but again it's it's really hard to get out of robin williams shadow which i think is the huge problem that moana is having right now in this final round where the characters is so huge robin williams the performer is so huge that it's really hard to sort of kind of wrap your head around how this is going to be beaten maybe i'll throw this question out to you guys and i'm interested to hear what you think 15 20 years from now do you think we'll still be admiring Robin Williams's legacy, or do you think Lin Manuel Miranda's music could perhaps eclipse the talent of Robin Williams? Is that, is that possible?
2: I'll take that one. Um, you know, I think that's what gives the edge, uh, in my mind, uh, potentially to Moana in this one. Um, you know, Robin Williams was great, but you know, a, a lot of the jokes he was doing were very topical and, you know, it, it worked then, uh, it, as far as Moana, you know, uh, just a little inside Disney research. Um, She is the most popular character um, in the the demo of the key demo of of Disney, which is six to 11 year old girls. Uh, You look at what they dress as for Halloween every year. You're, you're, you're going to see a thousand Moana costumes. So, um, you know, and I don't know if that's going to be the case for, for the genie for in 20
3: years. Yeah. Luke, hop in. Yeah. So for, um, I think, you know, just talking about Will Smith, like someone to try and replace Robin Williams or, you know, do it in another great way on paper will smith was like the perfect choice for me but the fact that he didn't do that great which i think that really solidifies robin williams's legacy for many many years and for moana i remember that one of the first things i remember saying to my wife after we watched it i was like wow this looked so freaking amazing but the songs i think there was like one or two good songs in there like frozen I for me is as much more great hits
1: yeah moana and elsa are kind of like 1a 1b in terms of and our voting reflected it too it's not that we didn't want elsa in this eight seed it was just that she got outvoted by moana for her particular bracket mike hop in and then uh, then we're gonna vote
0: yeah yeah i mean the thing too is like moana's kind of you know transcended pop culture pop culture so much to the point that like and nick you may have the answer but like i don't know what technically defines a Disney princess. But the fact that Moana, who was not a princess by birthright in the storyline, has now since been dubbed one of the 14 official Disney princesses really shows just the impact that she's had pop culturally, what she means to kids these days, what she represents to, you know, people of color these days. Um, so I think that that there's a lot to be said about that. And, and again, just in general, like the, the whole idea that was that like, she was trying to go find Maui, a demigod, right? A God. And she went toe to toe with him to the fact that she actually flipped him to then basically, assist her instead of her assisting him in the storyline i mean that's again a a very powerful image that you know in in this day and age that a female character is she doesn't need a demigod to help her she's gonna do it herself and i think that that's an amazing thing to say in 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 this current atmosphere in the world
1: time to vote gentlemen it is time to put our names onto either genie or moana To win out this tournament for champion of greatest Disney character of all time Luke you're going to go first where are you leaning right now
3: you know Moana what made her special to me is that in the end she defeats the volcano character I can't pronounce the name but she defeats them not with strength but with observation and calmness she realizes that the volcano is missing the heart and um you know that's never really been done before by another character you don't have to necessarily defeat your um, villains your foes with strength you can do it with your mind and you know by being a human in a way and for genie we've talked about how entertaining he is and how funny he is but he also gives probably some of the best advice to aladdin who becomes his friend Uh, maybe the best advice in the disney universe which is just be yourself so for me i'm going genie uh,
1: well said, well said. 1 0. Uh, Genie takes the lead right now. Mike, time for you, my friend. I, th- this
0: is a hard one because either one could be rightfully crowned the champion. I would be completely fine with that. Um, you know, we've talked about how Robin Williams is Genie. And so my takeaway is this this isn't nece- necessarily a slam on the character of Genie, but without Robin Williams, I don't think that character would have been half of what we know him as today. The character, Moana, you know, is, 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 is obviously, I don't, I don't know the name of the actress, but she was, she was kind of like an unknown actress at the time that she took on the role. So that wasn't dependent. Uh,
1: Lugier, uh, Kavala? Kavala? Yeah, I,
0: Kavala. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it, but right. But it's just the idea that like that role was not tied into the, the celebrity of the talent behind it. And the fact that it still made that impact. So with that being said, as a character devoid of the talent who played that role, voiced that role, it's got to be Moana. So my vote is for Moana.
1: Oh, tied at one, tied at one, Nick. I'll nod it up. Which way are you going?
2: Wow, tough matchup. But um, for all the reasons that Mike said, um, you know, I think Moana is such a strong choice. And something that Luke touched on earlier, the music, you know, that song is such an an earworm, uh, maybe one of the all time great Disney songs. And I think 20, 30 years from now, people will still be singing it. Um, So, and Ali E. look, I'll put my cards on the table. I'm actually working with her on a project right now. Uh, She's the voice of Moana. And uh, multi-talented and, you know, music is such a big thing of the Disney legacy. Um, and, you know, and she is, uh, you know, she has roots in Hawaii and that plays into the cultural specificity of the story. Uh, I'm going to go with Moana for the championship.
1: Wow. Two to one right now, Moana. Mike, uh, you know, we didn't talk about this pre-pod, but that's the beauty of this uh, Bracketology podcast, man can we do a tiebreaker for the final round? Is that even possible? Does that even, does that come out clean, my friend? Because look, like, and here's the thing with Genie, and we, we've talked about how funny he is. And look, I can still put that movie on and that movie is going to make me laugh. The second he gets on the screen, it's just, it's just his genius and every single moment, every single second, as you mentioned, Mikey shoots 80% from the field, 90% from the field in terms of jokes hit. And then in the end, guys, I gotta be honest, when the wristbands come off, I tear up, I get emotional. I really do. Uh, the fact that their friendship and the thing that he's wanted his whole life and that there's a vulnerability behind the power in the comedy, just like Robin Williams, that is the beauty and brilliance of Robin Williams as a performer, as an actor, is that vulnerability underneath the genius. And you see it in Genie in Aladdin. I have to vote for Genie. We're tied. What do we do, Mike? What do we do? So that
0: means our championship is coming down to a tiebreaker, Joey. Uh, So this was not rigged, but that means you, my friend, are determining who our champion is today for most iconic Disney slash Pixar character. Uh, So are you ready?
1: Yeah, I got the lamp. Let's do it.
0: So this diebreaker is called multiple choice. I'm going to give you a question and then give you four multiple choice answers. You have to tell me which one is the right one. If you get it right, that means Genie will be crowned our champion. Here we go. Which one of the following films is not a Pixar production? Let me stress that again. Is not a Pixar production. Is it A, Onward? B, The Good Dinosaur? C, as we've just discussed in our championship round, championship round Moana? Or D, A Bug's Life? Which one is not a Pixar film? Moana. Moana. You are correct. Released in 2016, Moana is actually a Disney Animation Studios release and not a Pixar film, which then coincidentally means Genie (laughs) is our champion for this bracket. But that was a...
1: That was a close game that went into the double overtime. I absolutely love it. Guys, we just got a couple minutes left to go here. Thank you so much for taking the time here on Bracketology to come and give your thoughts. But real quick, guys, we just got to do some honorable mentions here real quick. There's so many people, as Mike mentioned at the beginning of the pod, there's 40 different characters that we had to choose from. God, there's probably 80 or 100 if we really wanted to break it down. So, Luke, you're going to go first, my friend. What were some of the guys or some of the characters or ladies on the list that didn't make it that, you know, you just want to give some quick shout outs to,
3: you know, Wally, one of my favorite uh, animated characters. He's so lovable. He barely speaks, but he's got so much heart. Uh, Mulan was a 5.9 for me, our highest rating that we can give. Uh, She's just a freaking warrior. And uh, of course, I said The Incredibles, probably my favorite animated film ever. It's just like the Fantastic Four on crack. It's so great.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Mike, uh, some honorable mentions. Who was left on the cutting room floor?
0: I mean, you know, the biggest one that stands out to me for uh, greatest villain is Scar um, from Lion King. You know, it's just the idea that like, I don't know if there's another and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong. But I think that's the only Disney animated film where we actually see the villain kill the hero, or at least in this case, the hero's father and Mustafa. I don't think we've seen that in any other Disney animated film.
1: Um, Nick, hop in, you know, some honorable mentions here. de Vil to me as the classic, you know, Disney villain,
2: um, you know, was so iconic. I know
1: smell her smoke, right? Like you could smell the smoke through the TV screen. You yeah.
2: could, yeah. And you know, I know the new movie that's coming out is kind of getting panned, but um, just that iconic look and and a, an iconic villain. And then in the Disney Legacy category, which was a strong one, you know, Goofy and Donald getting getting uh not get making the bracket for all time. Great Disney characters was, you know, tough, you know, that my kids uh, will ask over any other thing. They, they can watch anything in the world now on Disney plus they'll ask, can I watch a goofy short? Can I watch a Donald short? You know, those how to play basketball, how to play, you know, football uh, shorts with goofy, where he's just kind of stumbling his way through some activity. They'll never get old. They're evergreen. Um, you know, those two characters, not making the bracket was a tough one.
1: For me personally, the honorable mention, uh, you know, Captain Hook was right up there for sure. Merlin was kind of a shout out I wanted to throw out there. Great character. archimedes that's a great one. And then Baloo. Baloo from Jungle Book and then kind of doing Double Duty in Robin Hood. That was a big character for me growing up too as well. The one part that's really difficult about Disney is Disney for the most part, the f- most famous characters. And Nick, I want to hear your thoughts on this and Luke too, especially like they're not necessarily the main characters, right? Disney is all about sidekicks, like, and they're so hard to sort of figure out and like sort of prop up as being the greatest characters of all time, but just like read some of these off real quick. You know, all-time sidekicks, Timon and Pumbaa from Lion King, you know, the Jiminy Cricket from Pinocchio, Cogsworth the Lumiere from Beauty and the Beast, Flounder and Sebastian from Little Mermaid, Tinkerbell from Peter Pan, The Seven Dwarves, you know, Olaf, Dory, Baloo, on and on and on. And that's what kind of makes this list a little tough, right? Because- so easily we could have put any one of these sidekicks in there as one of the most all-time favorite characters in Disney, but I don't know if that's exactly the way that this bracket was supposed to, I don't think that's how we exactly wanted to set up. Right. I mean, that's what makes it so difficult is those are fan favorites, but they're not necessarily the greatest Disney characters of all time. If that makes any sense.
2: I think so. Yeah. I, you know, it's interesting. I, I guess you, Mike would make the case that, that a, a side character actually won this, this bracket, you know, the genie, um, like he said, didn't appear until uh, 30 minutes into the movie. Um, and that was tough for a lot of these. You know, I had Woody going all the way in, in my uh, fantasy bracket. Um, but you could also make a case that maybe he's not even the, you know, Buzz Lightyear is, is um, you know, maybe more of a part of the fabric of that movie um, than Woody. So yeah, very, you know, Disney is very strong with its supporting cast. And um, I think a supporting cast uh, cast member actually won this bracket. So hats off.
1: Yeah, Luke, just a quick way. And on sidekicks, I mean, like, you know, there's so many kids that dress up as Olaf for Halloween, but there's no way that he can become the greatest Disney character of all time, you know?
3: Yeah, that's kind of the beauty of Disney. I feel like when you have large ensemble casts, whether they're side pieces or whatever, there's always someone for you to identify with that's your personal favorite. You know, your sister, your brother might have somebody else, but you have your own, which makes these movies so more and so much more enjoyable because you can find yourself in this character and in that character, and we can all have our own piece of Disney that's ours. Ladies
1: and gentlemen, this was the bracketology edition of Disney all-time characters. I want to thank our guests here today commercial director, and also the host of Movie Time Capsule, Luke Cheney. Thank you so much, Luke, for being on the pod, my friend. Great to see you.
3: Thanks for having me, guys. This was so much fun. I love working my brain out with these strange movie predicaments. This is a great concept. Please keep it going.
1: Nick, we're all excited for what's coming in 2023. Uh, just uh, congratulations on that. We can't wait to see what you do next and thankful and uh, very generous for you to come on the pod today.
2: Thanks, it was a lot of fun and uh, some upsets and some some great characters, so I really enjoyed it. Thanks for having me.
1: You never know what you're gonna get with Bracketology and that's why we're doing it. Mike, great job, man. Thanks again for bringing this wonderful idea back to the pod. And we can't wait to do the next one, right? That's right. That's right. Next one coming soon, guys. Today's Believe in Betting Chicago is brought to you by betonline.ag. Make sure you head to the website today because it's free to sign up and also a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Also, make sure you check out Just Live CBD. Wonderful products going on with that sponsor too as well. My name is Joey Christopoulos. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. We got plenty more coming down the pipe, so make sure you check that out. Until then, be well,
3: be safe. Please be good to each other. We will talk soon.